You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning and a happy Monday morning to you, Sooners Nation. Welcome to the Lockdown Sooners Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for joining me. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Sooners and on Facebook, Lockdown Sooners Podcast. And you can also read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners at the Sooners Wire at usatoday.com. And coming up on today's show, we've got Reactions from Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, and the Big 12 Conference to Oklahoma's potential SEC migration that we got to discuss. But first, I got to talk to you about the live NBA Draft show hosted by NBA Draft GOAT Chad Ford, Locked On NBA Draft host Rafael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales. They will be live this year covering the NBA Draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So over the last week or so since, I mean, the last week, the last few days, since it was rumored to be announced that the Oklahoma Sooners and the Texas Longhorns were going to be migrating to the SEC, I think the first report came in Wednesday afternoon and just really set the college football world aflame and Everybody has been reacting to this. If you've been following it on Twitter at all, you've seen not only Texas A&M fans, but the athletic department and the university at Texas A&M not taking this news very well, right? They are pretty unsettled by the idea that Texas will be joining them in the SEC because they were pretty upset and disappointed at the formation of the Longhorn Network back when they left the big 12 10 years ago or so and didn't really take the news very, very well. I mean, just go search Texas A&M on Twitter and you'll find just a lot of kind of petty being thrown from Texas A&M fans towards the Longhorns from everybody else towards the Aggies. It's a, it's pretty fun read. If you got yourself some time just to scroll through uh, Texas A&M Twitter, Uh, like I said, not, it's not going super well. And I get some of it. I mean, the Longhorn Network basically destroyed what we knew as the Big 12 10 years ago. It lost Nebraska, Colorado, Missouri, Texas A&M. It really changed the landscape of college football back then and made the SEC kind of the power that it's viewed as, right? I mean, since then, I think everybody would say that the SEC is the best conference in college football whether that's accurate or not. And it's really hard to define what the best conference is. Regardless, that's the perception, right? And a lot of times perception is reality and you can't really blame anybody. And and I think honestly, maybe we should be a little bit more upset about that in Oklahoma country of the Longhorn Network's existence at all. Because again, it changed the college football landscape. Oklahoma lost an important big eight rival in their history in Nebraska to the big 10. They lost a border rival in Missouri to the sec. Now Texas A&M wasn't as much of a rival as say Texas is, but still it's a game with huge historical importance. So uh, yeah, I get where Texas A&M is coming from at the same time. This is one of those games having Texas back on your schedule 
is huge for your university. It's huge for college football. It's one of the best rivalries in sports that we haven't gotten in 10 years because of the pettiness and really the hurt that Texas A&M is feeling over the formation of the, of the Longhorn Network. And yeah, sure, you don't blame them, but at some point, you got to look past that. You got to look past that hurt and that frustration of Texas forming the Longhorn Network and getting this supposed advantage, which we've yet to see this advantage actually show any kind of results on the field. So really, has it been all that much of an advantage? I don't think so. But Texas A&M needs to look on the bright side of this, right? They need to look at the fact that they're going to get Texas on the schedule every year. If the SEC is smart, they're going to get Texas and Texas A&M playings every single year. Because like OU Texas, that's a really important game for the state of Texas. OU Texas is a great game for the, the rivalry between Oklahoma and Texas. But for the state of Texas in particular, Texas, Texas A&M is huge. And if that, like I said, if the SEC is smart, they'll get that game on the schedule. And Texas A&M needs to just realize, hey, look, the SEC is growing. It's going to expand eventually. What better way to expand than to get Texas and Texas A&M playing every single year? It'll just be another great game on what is going to look like a great uh, interconference schedule, intraconference schedule. And if they go to two eight-team divisions in a 16-team conference, that's going to be a lot of fun because you'll have, and, and we'll maybe talk about this, what a proposed schedule could look like for Oklahoma on Tuesday's show. But that schedule will look a lot of fun. It, it'll be a great, great time. And, and here's what Texas A&M's athletic director, sorry, the president, um, Catherine Banks, had to say when she released a statement on this. Uh, it says, the last few days have been challenging in many ways. And I recognize that, that change in college athletics often is unsettling for those who love their institutions. Let me just start there. Like, why is, it, why is this challenging? I feel like this kind, of, this kind of a statement really demeans the definition of what challenging is. Texas A&M is on the verge of making much more money because Oklahoma and Texas are going to be joining the SEC. Supposedly, this is what's going to happen. But when the next TV rights deal comes up for the SEC, that is going to be huge for the conference as a whole. There's going to be so much money thrown at the SEC for the rights to broadcast their games that it's going to be disgusting. It's going to be, it, it's going to be incredible. And Texas A&M talking about how this is going to be challenging in many ways. Like that is a university that is not willing to let go of the past. I mean, we obviously we know this about Texas A&M, right? Unwilling to let go of the past and tradition, right? Holding on to the past. That is one of their best traditions, but just unwilling to let go of that hurt because they, they're, they're so short-sighted. They're so willing to hold on to this, thing that that texas did by forming the longhorn network it's ridiculous man they, they just got to get over themselves and see what's coming down the road look at the bright side and see how good this could be for their school and for the sec as a whole and, and maybe they're concerned about making the playoffs but if you look at like the top 25 rankings from recent years how many teams in the top 12 were sec teams i mean sometimes as many as four or five right so there's a good chance in future college football playoffs, if they do expand to 12, that like has been proposed, then there's a good chance you see four SEC teams in the college football playoffs. So even if you're the third best team in the SEC West, you still have a shot at making the playoffs. 
let's let's finish this this uh, statement here. Rest assured, the chancellor, our athletic director, and I, and everyone involved in this matter, are focused solely on what is best for Texas A and M University. If you're focused solely on this, then you need to calm down, take a breath, and look at the bright side. Since 2011, we've been a proud member of the best intercollegiate athletic conference in history, and we look forward to continued success in our SEC partnership for many years to come. And really what this stems from is Texas A&M not being in the loop in the conversations for six months, as it's been reported that this negotiation of Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC has been going on for six months. And I can understand Texas A&M being hurt by being left out of the loop by its conference members. I can totally get that. But the conference members were pretty smart, right? They knew that Texas A&M was not going to take this well. And they decided, hey, you know what? We should probably keep this on the down low. Get some things in order. Get this thing finalized. Try and work out all the details of what a conference schedule could look like. And then we'll bring them into the loop and, and then get them part of the discussions. But if it's true that this has been in the works for six months, then I, I do kind of get Texas A&M being frustrated on that front. But again, you wouldn't be able to trust them to keep it quiet to let this thing happen because nobody else knew that this was happening for six months. But don't you think that if Texas A&M was in the loop, that they would have leaked this thing out kind of early to fire up their fan base and kind of put the kibosh on this thing before it was ever done? Hey, and coming up next, we'll talk about what Oklahoma State's president had to say about the potential move. And then we got Big 12 reaction as well. Oklahoma and Texas talked to the Big 12 on Sunday and uh, we'll talk about that coming up here on the Locked On Sooners podcast. But first, let me talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's easy to eat. It's 100% covered in chocolate. It tastes fantastic, and it is great for you. Most bars have 17 to 18 grams of protein and calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 or 5 grams of sugar and 4 or 5 grams of net carbs. If you're on the keto diet, you're looking to lose weight, or you are just trying to add some fuel to your workout, Built Bar is the bar for you. There's not a protein bar that tastes like it. Everything else pales in comparison. I've been eating Built Bar now for nine, 10 months, and it is a constant meal in my rotation. I eat one every morning for breakfast. Helps give me all the energy that I need from morning to lunchtime. And it's a great snack too. If I'm looking for something sweet to eat and I just really need a chocolate fix, I'll go for a Built Bar too because it just tastes great. I mean, it is fantastic. It is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So go to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now here on the Locked On Students Podcast, we got to talk about what Oklahoma State had to say in response to Oklahoma's potential move to the SEC. And, you know, to be, to be honest, I haven't really seen a lot of Oklahoma State fan reaction on this. I think a lot of people were a little bit frustrated that Oklahoma and Oklahoma State won't be playing in the future if this goes on. But I think like we talked about last week that you know, even if Oklahoma moves to the SEC, which looks like it's happening, right? All signs point to 
Oklahoma moving to the SEC, that there's a way for Bedlam to still happen. This doesn't have to be the end of Bedlam unless the two sides aren't able to work it out, which if they're not able to work it out, that's going to be more on Oklahoma State side than it will be on Oklahoma's. But there's a way for Bedlam to work out. We talked about it last week on the show that you look at you know Georgia, they play Georgia Tech every year. You look at Florida, they play Florida State and Miami most years. You look at South Carolina and Clemson, they're playing every year. You can have these in-state rivalries that aren't a part of the same conference. And honestly, it might be good for the state to have these two in separate conferences because it just builds the brand for each school individually. Like the Oklahoma's brand will just grow throughout SEC country. Oklahoma State, if they're able to find a landing spot in the Big Ten, say, it'll grow that brand throughout the Big Ten. It'll help it as a basketball school, right? The Big Ten is just a a really good basketball school or a basketball conference, and that could really help Oklahoma State take another step forward. They've been a a solid basketball school for years, and this could just help them get get a notch higher in that kind of tier of basketball teams. Uh, but here's what Oklahoma State President uh, Casey Shrum had to say on the on the matter. She said, we are disappointed by our, the lack of engagement and transparency from our colleagues at OU over the past months on a matter with serious ramifications for our state. With all due respect, President Shrum, I get that you would have liked to be brought into the loop on this. However, in business transactions that are going to have the ramifications that you mentioned, as big as these are, can't rely you can't you can't just share information sometimes you got to keep things in-house you got to keep things close to the chest and that's what Oklahoma did I mean for six months this has been going on and nobody said a thing it's pretty incredible in big time decisions big time deals big time business transactions you can't say anything anything that gets out into the media is going to affect the negotiations of these deals and so I get the frustration. You're upset that Oklahoma is leaving and it affects you and it affects the state supposedly, but you got to understand they probably couldn't say anything. If Oklahoma is wanting to make this move to the SEC, it's better for both the SEC and for Oklahoma to just take a chill. You can't get this out into the media before deals are done and the details have been ironed out because it could potentially hurt negotiations. So get you there. All right. Shrum continues. She says, we have historically worked together to advance our state and address issues based on partnership on a partnership built on trust. Yeah, that sure. I guess that that makes sense. And, you know, when you have a history, as long as Oklahoma and Oklahoma States is, then you have a long working relationship, but sometimes things change and Oklahoma as a university, they have to do not only what's best for the state of Oklahoma in their eyes, but what's best for their university as well. And again, like we just mentioned, there's no reason that Bedlam can't continue unless Oklahoma State doesn't want to make it continue. Because I think Oklahoma will want to continue to have that win on their schedule every single year. Shrum continues, to that end, we will continue to work with purpose to the advancement of our state and the betterment of our fellow Oklahomans. I mean, yeah, you will. And you won't stop being a kind of middling college football team with a pretty you know, a pretty decent basketball team with upside with a great softball team in the ever changing college athletics landscape. We will honor our values as ethics and ethics. As we consider the next steps, our commitment to our student athletes is top of mind and their best interests will be represented prominently. We enjoyed a proud athletic heritage with more national championships than any other big 12 university. Yeah, sure. I mean, we can include 
whatever sport you want to, that's fine. Like athletics runs deeper than just football, but let's be, let's be real here. Football is what drives college athletics. We continue and we will aggressively pursue the opportunities ahead. Additionally, our university enjoys a great brand known for education, research, and service, and we will move forward with strength. Hey, you know what? She ends it on a high note. She ends it in a positive way. And, you know, it, I think it's important to understand that these two have been tied at the hip for so long. And I, I get why Oklahoma State's frustrated and upset. I do. I do get it. You know, Oklahoma kind of has, we'll have some explaining to do on that front, why they didn't really consider a conference realignment with Oklahoma State, uh, why they were leaving them kind of in the dust a little bit. They'll have to answer for that. They will because those two have been tied at the hip for so long. And that's a game in Bedlam that has a lot of importance, not just in football, but you saw it in softball this past spring as well. It was huge. And those two schools put on quite a weekend uh, at the end of the season. And so, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a, I think a frustrating thing if we don't see Bedlam continue across sports, because I mean, it, it brings a lot of energy. It brings a lot of fire every time that these two schools match up in whatever sport it is. But especially in softball, where Oklahoma State was able to challenge Oklahoma a little bit. In basketball, where Oklahoma State was better than Oklahoma this past year. So I, I think it's one of those situations where even if you know OU does move to the SEC, which it looks like it will, it's not yet final, but it looks like it's going to, they've got to figure out a way to continue Bedlam across sports because it's something that means something to the to the state it matters to the state and it's just good for the schools and it's good for college athletics i think everybody gets excited about bedlam whether it will be a conference matchup or not maybe even in a non-conference it matter it may matter even more so i think again i think this is one of those things that the universities will have to work on they'll have to rebuild some relationship but it's important and it's necessary to keep bedlam going But coming up next, let's talk about the Big 12's meeting with Oklahoma and Texas on Sunday. What came of it? Did it really matter? We'll talk about that next here on the Locked On Sooners podcast. But first, let me talk to you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their regular season starts. You can get in on the NFL and NCAA college football futures bets. So head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code Locked On. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using our promo code Locked On. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And before we get into the Big 12's meeting with the Oklahoma Sooners and Texas Longhorns from Sunday, let me talk to you about the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini and former general manager Ryan McDonough. It's the perfect way to get ready for the NBA draft. Our Locked On NBA Draft local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And now we're going to talk about the Big 12's meeting with the Oklahoma Sooners and the Texas Longhorns. Uh, The 
the Big 12 released a statement following the meeting with both presidents and said the meeting was cordial and the executive committee expressed a willingness to discuss proposals that would strengthen the conference and be mutually beneficial to OU and UT, as well as the other member institutions of the conference, Bowlesby stated. I expect that we will continue our conversations in the days ahead, and we look forward to discussing thoughts, ideas, and concepts that may be of shared interest and impact. So first, let me preface this with saying, I think this meeting was done as a courtesy to the Big 12 as a way to say, and and a little bit of PR as well for Oklahoma and Texas, Um, they get to save a little bit of face to have this meeting with the Big 12 and then say, well... It's still better for us to go to the SEC. It allows the Big 12 to save a little bit of face. Bob Bowlesby to save some face saying, well, he, he, he did what he could. He tried. But I think that if, it's, if what is being reported is true, that this, these conversations have been going on for six months, that Oklahoma and Texas have been looking to go to the SEC for six months, then this meeting is irrelevant. Because if you've been talking about something for six months and talking about doing something for six months your mind's pretty much made up, right? Like if this, you know, Barry Switzer told Volswire at usatoday.com that he believes this is all misinformation. And I mean, it's possible. It's certainly possible that all this stuff is being put out there now to provide misinformation to get a bit better of a deal from the big 12. But again, if, if it's really been going on for six months, then the mind's already made up. Texas and Oklahoma, they're moving on. And I don't think that there's anything that the big 12 can really offer them that will entice them to stay. I think Oklahoma is still disappointed and upset at the lack of action by Fox and the lack of action by the Big 12 to get their game against Nebraska into prime time. And I think we saw frustration building from Joe Castiglione and the University of Oklahoma of the lack of action to make that happen. And it, it is frustrating. It is frustrating that your commissioner who is employed by the presidents for the lack of, you know, basically he has his job because the big 12 schools gave it to him and he's not willing to go to bat for the biggest, the most important, the most successful big 12 school you've got. And so while that might not have been the ultimate reason, like I discussed last week, that might have been the thing that spurred all this, knowing that it's been going on for six months, it's looking like that obviously wasn't the reason, but it could have, could have certainly been the, the straw that broke the camel's back. What this comes down to is the University of Oklahoma, University of Texas, they see more money in the SEC and not just in the next TV rights deal, but in future TV rights deals as well. They see the changing landscape of college football coming. They see that the SEC is going to be a more stable conference to be in long term because of the schools that they have at the top of the conference in Alabama, Florida, Georgia, LSU. And some of the ones in the middle, your Tennessees, your South Carolinas, although they're not a middling team this year. But there's a longer history of success of the SEC and the teams that they have in the SEC and that group at the top. It's not just Oklahoma and not just two teams carrying it. Now, Alabama has been the most successful team, but Florida is a huge brand. LSU is huge. Auburn. Alabama, there, there's a, a group of teams that are huge for that conference that can help carry the load. That's not all just on one team to do everything for them. And that's what it's become for OU in Texas is really OU has been the flagship school of the Big 12 because of their success. 
And moving on to the SEC, yes, the competition will be greater, but that's the fun part of it, right? The schedule will look incredible from week to week. It's going to be great TV. Every single Saturday, you're going to have a game where it's like Oklahoma probably will win. And unlike right now where it's like, yeah, Oklahoma's going to win that one. But when you get into a conference schedule with the SEC, and again, we're going to talk about this in more depth on Tuesday's show, where you've got LSU, Texas A&M, Texas, Missouri, maybe, and then one of like four, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Florida on the schedule. That's going to be a lot of fun, man. I mean, we look think back to when Tennessee was the non-conference game on the schedule back in like 20... I think it was 2014, 2015, or 2015, 2016. I can't remember the two two years, but that was a lot of fun. Those games were really fun. And they were just, you know, and Tennessee wasn't a superpower at that time. But I remember like the anticipation and the buildup of those games was huge because it was an SEC opponent opponent on the non-conference schedule. But that's gonna that's what it's gonna be like every single week. Every single week is gonna be a big time mashup for Oklahoma. And it's gonna be a fun mashup. Now they'll have a Vanderbilt on the schedule. When this trend, when this takes place, every once in a while, but there's going to be there going to be so many intriguing matchups for Oklahoma, and to circle back to what it means, you know, this Big Twelve meeting again, I, I just don't think that this really has much relevance to where we're headed. It was to me, it just seems more like a courtesy. It seems like this was them doing the Big Twelve a solid to say, hey, we'll we'll hear you out, but knowing in the back of their minds, their minds are already made up. Again, you don't discuss something for six months. And then just decide, ah, we're okay. We'll stay. You, you enticed us enough. I mean, there's that report out there that the big 12 is looking at offering them more money to stay in the conference. And you're like more, more of the other team's shares to stay in the big 12. And sure. That's, that's all well and good, but man, if you're, if you're Oklahoma state or if you're Iowa state, how happy are you that your money's getting taken and given to Oklahoma and Texas? Like what kind of sense does that make? That's not gonna. That won't sit kindly with the the rest of the schools. Again, Oklahoma and UT they carry the they carry the flag for the Big Twelve, but those other teams matter too. Like, let's be real. I mean, Iowa State has built their their football program into one of the best in the conference, a contender each year now under Matt Campbell. It's pretty shady that the Big Twelve would potentially talk about reportedly talk about taking Iowa State's money to give it to Texas, even. Even though Texas is a bigger national brand, they haven't been as successful in recent years as Iowa State's been in football. But there's going to be so much more to talk about on this as it as it continues to unfold and as we start to get more official reports. And hopefully we'll start to hear something more official this week because, I mean, a lot of what's been going on has just been based on what we have heard reported and what's being put out there into the media, but it's time to get something official time to get something locked down. Hopefully we'll get something like that this week and we'll continue to talk about it here on the lockdown series podcast. We'll dig into the schedule a little bit on tomorrow's show and just talk about what could be a potential schedule for Oklahoma. Uh, would it be the pod system that's been suggested in several places? Would it be two 18 divisions? We'll talk about it tomorrow, but Again, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you're brand new to the show, make sure you go check it out on Twitter or on Facebook. We've got some great info that we put up out there every every so often. Uh, we try to share articles from different publications. That way you stay in the know with what's going on in Sooner's Nation. But until tomorrow, I'm John Williams. Boomer Sooner.